Welcome to the Mama Needs a Moment podcast. We're your hosts, Chrissy and Cindy, co-founders of Her Health Collective. We are two moms obsessed with revolutionizing the way moms take care of themselves. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Every year, about one in five expecting and new parents experience symptoms of depression and or anxiety. While most new mothers suffer from mood swings within the first few weeks, some pregnant and postpartum parents have intense feelings of sadness, worry, anger, numbness, or self-doubt that persists for months. Without question, mothers and parents are not getting the care they need and deserve in our country. Services are seriously lacking, particularly when it comes to mental health in the postpartum period. Anchor Perinatal Wellness provides unique and specialized mental health programming for pregnant and postpartum people, including a free walk-in screening clinic, outpatient services, and an intensive outpatient program to pregnant and postpartum adults who are struggling with a perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. Anchor was founded by three Latina women who recognized that they shared a passion for expanding mental health services for perinatal people. They opened their program in May of 2022. Today, we are joined by two of the founders of Anchor Perinatal, Roxanne Rosenberg, a licensed mental health counselor, and Veronica Kemeny, a licensed clinical social worker. Last week, in part one of our conversation with the Anchor team, we dove into a discussion of PMADs, lessons we could learn from other countries, and how PMADs are showing up differently in minority populations. Today, in part two of our conversation, we dive into what intensive outpatient services look like for those suffering from PMADs and explore reproductive justice and the role it is playing in Anchor Perinatal's work. I would love to let our listeners learn a bit more about Anchor Perinatal because it is unique in what it offers and the value that you are providing our community. The intensive outpatient program serves as a light and a haven for birthing people struggling with a perinatal mental health complication. Tell us about the program. How did it get started? Who exactly is the outpatient program designed for? What makes it different from other maternal health care programs in the area? Because there's something very unique about this particular program. And and also maybe just walk us through what does the day-to-day of the program look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thank you for your kind words. Anchor Perinatal Wellness started with the three of us, all trained clinicians in PMADS, all of us who had been with our own practices and had known each other, some for longer, and you know, had been trusted colleagues. And it was through a consult group that our colleague Carolina was newer to the area, made a question about, you know, how do I refer to the to the local perinatal IOP? And our answer was there isn't one. <laughs> and so we ended up taking that conversation offline about how Roxanne and I had known each other for years. We're like, one day, one day. <laughs> so it really was, we were noticing there was this huge gap to, to explore sort of where Anchor came from. I just want to make an aside about the national landscape of mental health that's specifically for perinatal. We are incredibly lucky here in our state of North Carolina, where all of us live, that there are only three inpatient perinatal programs. So psychiatric hospitalization for people who need stabilization. There's only three perinatal programs in the country. North Carolina has one, California has the other, New York has the other. We're really lucky. So at least that's been a resource for us as clinicians when we are really worried about the safety of one of our clients to be able to refer there. But what we were noticing is, okay, what about that step down? They were landing in our offices 
to go from being on a locked unit for their own safety 24 hours and they were landing in our offices once a week. So we did our best to really serve their needs by increasing, you know, frequency of sessions and family engagement to stabilize them. But we were noticing really we were having this middle level was missing. And so it came from that desire of saying folks need something in the middle, you know, um, maybe they tried the once a week therapy and they're not, it's, they're not improving. Maybe they're, you know, still getting worse, or maybe they're not even been plugged into anything and they're just starting to drown. We wanted to be able to catch those people and specifically with a perinatal program, because there are, we do have mental health resources in the area that have more intensive programs, but they're for general psychiatry. And that's going to look very different um, in terms of diagnosis, in terms of treatment, in terms of content, the access in terms of pumping and breastfeeding, things like that, that would not be served in most general psych intensive programs. So really we started with our baby, which is the intensive outpatient program, which is language that the general mental health population understands. It's three days a week, three hours each day. So it's nine hours of group therapy a week. So that's a really big jump, right? From like a traditional once a week therapy that we often are trying to get people to explore when they're struggling. So it is for folks who have more acute symptoms, whether they've tried, you know, the traditional therapy route or not, that level of care without single touch point every week isn't enough. And so this is where an intensive outpatient is just that one level up and saying, okay, we want to make sure you're not getting worse. We want to catch you at this middle stage of your symptoms. And we want to give you some really concrete skills. We want to give you a place to process the unique things that are coming up around PMATs, you know, specifically. We created a 10-week curriculum from scratch based on our years of experience between us that serves lots of themes that are just unique to being a new parent. And we serve anyone who is pregnant or up to two years postpartum through that program. And they need to be physically in the state of North Carolina. So they don't need to be a resident. So they can stay with family or they can stay at a hotel or an Airbnb to access our unique program, but they do need to be here in the state of North Carolina. On the national level, as you were saying earlier, now we're up to 16 states in the country that have a, what we call higher level of care program for perinatal. So we're not talking about the once week therapy, we're talking about everything above it. So really, this is rare. Our closest colleagues are down in Florida and up in Pennsylvania. There's nothing in the South beyond that area. So really, we've had folks from all over the South come to visit us and from other states as well. Really for us trying to bridge that gap and really stabilize people. We want to keep them in their homes. We want to keep them safe. We want to keep them connected to their children if their babies are here. We want to support families because they don't know what's happening to their loved one who is really struggling you know, during what should be the happiest time of your life, quote unquote, right? So that's where it started. And we've since expanded to have for offer the free screening clinic that, that Roxanne mentioned earlier, um, that folks can come in and get a recommendation of what level of care is going to best support them, you know, whether it be support groups, you know, her health collective in terms of like connection and decreasing isolation, whether it be therapy, um, the traditional model of therapy, hospitalization, any level. Um, and then we also have some out traditional outpatient programs, like the, whether it be outpatient support groups or whether it be outpatient therapy, that once a week model that most of us are familiar with. So we're excited to say we have lots of different offerings. Yeah. Yeah. Since IOP or intensive outpatient is the least known to most people, I'll explain what a day looks like. Yeah. Moms come in at about 9.15, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And we offer childcare on site. So they might have a little one that they drop off with a postpartum doula who's working with us for childcare. 
the day is divided into three hour long groups. First group tends to be a process group. So on Mondays, it, it's something like, how did the weekend go? What were the successes? What were the challenges? More open process. And then the next group, they're going to have a break, a small break. And the next group is going to be more of a skills-based group. So maybe we're learning skills for distress tolerance, skills for dealing with obsessive thoughts, skills for managing mom guilt, you know? <laughs> Their third group is going to be more of a topic group, like a psychoeducational, let's learn about PMADS, or, you know, let's learn about uh, the pros and cons of social media, or self-compassion. Yes. Trauma, you know, how does trauma present in the body from a psychoed perspective, yes. not process? Yes, that one. And so that's what a typical day looks like. And then at 1230, we're done for the day. People pick up their kids and go home. And then they'll be back at IOP two days after that. And there are also additional touch points in our program of everyone in the IOP program also has a weekly individual session and they have optional family therapy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wow. we're creative. Sometimes we need to have mom baby sessions, right? Mm-hmm. And work on attachment. Sometimes our sessions need to be off site. We're trying to meet the needs where they exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had a fun anger management or anger expression of anger group throwing water balloons at the fence in the, back, in yes. the parking lot. That was a fun one. Yes. Sign me so up. Constantly evolving. <laughs> that and really great. taking guidance. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of art. And we also have perinatal yoga as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I love it. It's incredible. I'm interested to know how many parents you have in the program at any given time. Yeah. Each group has a maximum of 10 people in it. Although we tend to stay around five to six, which I think I like better. <laughs> and we have two tracks. We have our in-person track where we have five to six, and we have our virtual track where we have five to six right now. So they're not huge groups. That's really informed by research on, you know, the size of groups where people still get a lot of benefit from them. You know, you can't have 30 people in a group and get yeah. benefit. Yeah. The virtual track, they still have to be here in North Carolina for the virtual yes. piece. Okay. Yeah. Is this something that insurance covers? Yes. So we have worked diligently to be able to, again, getting back to accessibility as a value of our business. Yeah. We've done, there's been necessary steps that had to take place. And we've luckily um, gotten over most of those hurdles to be able to accept most major insurances. So yes, we are able to, we're networking with most major insurances at this point, including TRICARE for the military population, which is really important to us. And for folks who, for whatever reason, their particular insurance plan isn't covered. Again, we are exploring alternate ways to pay, whether it be sliding scale or pro bono, whether it be working with care credit, which is taking on that bit of a loan for the specialized program that you know. Interest free. Yeah. Yeah. Interest free. Similar to like what they offer at the dentists and things like that for mm-hmm. larger procedures. So we really try to give people lots of options to be able to access us. But yes, we are in network with most major insurances, which is really exciting. So we know people want to be able to use that insurance they have. Incredible. That's so important. How can a person find out more information and determine if they're eligible for treatment? I know you mentioned a free in-house assessment is mm-hmm. maybe what you called it. Is that the, the procedure? The screening, so yes. Yeah. Lots of different access points. An individual could come in for a free screening during our screening hours, or they can just call us on the phone. They can message us through our website, which is www.anchorperinatal.com. They can fax us. They can I mean, call us. Really, <laughs> all the ways. All no the carrier ways. pigeon, but beyond that, yes. everything. Okay. <laughs> all right. Our windows we will... are open. Otherwise, the carrier pigeon could work. <laughs> 
<laughs> I this I want to see. We will definitely have all that linked in the the show notes as well, so that people will be able to access that. Your programming is just so wonderful, fabulous. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for these moms, and you deserve a huge shout out for working with those insurance companies because that is no small endeavor. <laughs> that is some tough work right there to be able to work with the insurance companies and get continue to get that those services for for everyone. Mm -hmm. So thank you for all of that. In the discussions that we've had so far, a lot of what we've talked about can be placed under a term called reproductive justice. Mm -hmm. And for those who may not know exactly what this term means, it's basically a term where people are fighting for equity and empowerment and health, health equity and greater empowerment for Black people, people of color, the Indigenous people. And it's a movement that's happening. Please explain what reproductive justice means to your business? And then will you also discuss how various forms of legislation that are currently being debated will benefit or inhibit the way you are able to support your clients? And I know that this is some tough stuff that we're talking about and everyone has different opinions, but we would love to hear how you are handling this. To our Patreon supporters, thank you. We appreciate you so much. Our goal has always been for moms to know they're not alone in the tough and challenging phases of motherhood. We know Mama Needs a Moment provides this to our listeners. We are thrilled with the growth of the podcast over the past two years. Last year, Spotify shared that Mama Needs a Moment was in the top 30% most followed podcasts, was heard in nine countries, and had more content than 97% of other creators in the family category. We have recently launched a Patreon account for Mama Needs a Moment. This is a great way for you to provide additional support to Her Health Collective. We've set up three options for Patreon supporters, each with its very own perks, such as special events, discounts, and bonus content from each and every podcast guest that is available only to our Patreon supporters. Will you become a Patreon supporter? It would mean the world to us. The definition of reproductive justice I really like comes from Sister Song, Women of Color, Reproductive Justice Collective. So that is that it's the human right to maintain personal bodily autonomy, have children, not have children, and parent in safe and sustainable communities. I really like that because it touches on so many pieces of reproductive justice that are mostly systemic. And then in terms of how that can be a working definition for us. I really like how Joya Greer Perry puts reproductive justice into practice, which she says it allows us to shift accountability from individuals to systems by acknowledging that the context of people's lives determines their health and that blaming individuals for having poor health or crediting the system for good health is inappropriate. So we are putting the, the onus on the system to support the individual, not blaming the individual uh, for their mental illness in this case. Then the second part of your question was about legislation. Do you mm -hmm. want to talk that or do you want me to talk about it? I don't care. Yeah, I can name that. Yeah. And I just think to add to that, just thinking about we are constantly holding space for lots of different viewpoints. We are 
speaking out as a business, as business owners um, around our priorities of serving people of all different origins and, you know, reproductive journeys, whether that include loss, whether that be termination for medical reasons, whether that be abortion, we're talking about those difficult things in group. And that's a huge thing that we very intentionally do when it's coming up. Mm-hmm. Although that can be uncomfortable and be easier to shy away. And so that is something that we're constantly challenging just the narrative around it. And, you know, talk about it, not only in our staff meetings and, and our, you know, huddles around conversations around with patients, but in groups themselves when appropriate. So that's what we're doing on one site. Yeah. Well, yeah. and major <laughs> development hot off the presses, oh, yeah. uh, a way that we're going to be able to impact systems is that anchor perinatal wellness was just selected for the first national maternal mental health task force. It's us along with about 10 other organizations. And then a lot of people from the government who are going to be advising Congress on maternal mental health policy. So getting a seat at the table and then using our voice, we're hoping to impact systems. Yeah. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited. Thrilled to have your voice out there helping with this reproductive justice movement. And thank you so, so much for that. To circle back to the question around legislation, we can best speak about what's happening here in the state of North Carolina. So there was recent legislation that rolled back the length of window with which a person could terminate their pregnancy. In that legislation, there is no funding for the, the mental health repercussions of ultimately forced parenthood for a lot of people. A lot of the legislators forget you don't find out you're pregnant until maybe six weeks eight weeks, some people longer. So that window is not an actual window of the decision-making of taking on this huge responsibility that you either chose to or didn't or circumstances came about that we know we're already feeling it from just the increase in anxiety in our patients. It's going to impact adoption. It's going to impact termination for medical reasons. If there's something wrong with my baby and my body, I should be able to make that decision. It is already having a ripple effect in terms of just that overlay of increase of anxiety for women around what if, right? What if I were put in this position? What if a loved one were? So the mental health repercussions, medical repercussions of potentially continuing a pregnancy that is not in your medical mental health family's best interest is going to be profound. Mental health community, including us at Anchor, we're ready to support in the best we can on an individual level, as well as a programmatic level, but it's- The need is going to grow. It's going to grow. And there's not enough services to support that need. One positive that comes from a mostly negative, in my opinion, bill is that there is money for contraception. Mm -hmm. That piece of it is a positive. It puts more choice into the hands of people with uteruses, but it's not a fix. It's not the answer. It's not the full answer. So another area that you may or may not be able to speak about right now is how the legislation that's being passed or that's being considered in our specific state, let's just keep it in our state with the LGBTQ plus community. And Mm -hmm. you had referenced earlier that you do service individuals that are part of that community. And how is that affecting how you're working as well? There's going to be, just like there's going to be more maternal health suicides because of the anti-abortion legislation, there's going to be more suicides among LGBTQ plus individuals because they're not able to access care, gender affirming care, if those bills pass. And the research is extremely clear in both of those arenas, and the legislators are just not taking that into account. 
Thank you both for diving into so many heavy topics with us today. I, again, they are heavy. They're very, very important though to, to all of us to, to be aware of and to continue to learn more about. So thank you for that. One final question to dive into with you guys today. And really it is about how we can support parents when expecting a baby people often spend time preparing for birth. They make birth plans. They have this plan for bringing baby into the world. However, people are often unprepared for perinatal mental health challenges due to a lack of information available on potential mental health risks and protective factors. Mm -hmm. Additionally, families and friends are often at a loss for how to help. I know for me, I have a lot of personal experience in this realm in a variety of capacities, and I still sometimes feel at a loss as to how I can show up as a friend for people that are, are suffering. I'd love to know what are some of the potential mental health risks that people should be aware of, and what are some of the ways that families and friends can prepare and help protect and, and be there for their loved ones? A huge shout out to our Patreon subscribers. Your support truly means the world to us. Thanks to you, we are able to continue the weekly production of Mama Needs a Moment and getting this valuable information from these incredible guests out to you, our listeners. This final question has been recorded as a mini bonus episode and is available for our Patreon subscribers to go listen to right now. Take a moment to hear Veronica and Roxanne discuss how we can show up for loved ones in the postpartum period and the top resources they suggest families explore during this often challenging phase of life. Be sure to log into your Patreon account and have a listen. Roxanne, Veronica, thank you so much for your honesty and your candor and the resources and just the incredible work that you're doing in the community. It, it's, it's vital. It's so important. And I, I think the biggest struggle now is just getting the word out to as many people as possible that these resources are available because mm -hmm. there are resources not everybody knows about them. Thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you for your work for not only allowing us to share um, on your platform, but for the platform you have created. And thank you for asking the tough questions. <laughs> so <laughs> they're tough to answer, but they're really important. So thank you for your bravery in asking them. Here are my top three takeaways from part two of our conversation with Roxanne and Veronica of Anchor Perinatal Wellness. One. The United States is missing some key resources for new parents, particularly those that need more support than a once-a-week therapy session, but aren't necessarily in need of an intensive inpatient care facility. We are lucky to have Anchor Perinatal Wellness here in North Carolina, but we clearly need more of these types of programs. I'd venture to say a minimum of one in each state. Two, many acts of legislation often have unintended consequences. It is impossible to truly see all the ways a law will impact individuals and the ripple effects it will have in people's lives. We all need to be paying careful attention. Three, maternal health does not have a one-size-fits-all solution. What helps one parent may not help another or may only be a part of their solution. We need as many resources available as possible. 
It is wonderful to hear that Anchor Perinatal is now a part of the first national maternal mental health task force. They, along with about 10 other organizations, will be advising Congress on maternal mental health policy. This is the kind of action we need, and we are grateful to have people like the fabulous trio behind Anchor Perinatal out there being a voice for maternal mental health. We hope you enjoyed part two of this important conversation. If you missed last week's discussion, where we discussed PMADs, lessons we can learn from other countries, and how PMADs are showing up differently in minority populations, be sure to go have a listen to episode 73. High five, friend. We've enjoyed hanging out with you. Follow us to be the first to know when we drop a new episode. If you've enjoyed your time with us, let us know by leaving a review. We always love hearing from you. Until next time, stay true to you.